Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every evil. That's easy for you to say, Paul. <laughs> wow. Now, it's, it's at the end of 1 Thessalonians, and there's been a lot that has led up to this, but, but well, when we get to the punchline, that, that's quite a list. Rejoice always. Wow. Well, you know, I can think of a lot of times when that hasn't been the case for me. Perhaps you're in a different spot in your life. Perhaps this is all just, hey, of course. Why not? Of course. Paul's got it right on the head. Rejoicing all the time. I got a smile on my face and a song in my heart. It's like to be a part of the Christian church is a Hollywood musical running through its paces and everybody's got their steps in order and, and, and Ginger Rogers is doing it backwards. <laughs> in high heels. But it's not that way for me and perhaps it's not that way for you. At least, at least it's not that way on the surface of things. But perhaps too, Paul's maybe not just talking about the surface of things. Maybe he is talking about the depths of, of the core of the human experience where, where the trying God is meeting with us always. And, and cultivating that regularly is is good, is good. Now the, the epistles, and I, <coughs> I have to admit a certain, a certain ambivalence, but uh, I was challenged by someone I love dearly to take up the epistles. And, and I have gone through most of my ministry, and then we're talking 25 plus years, and I, I don't preach the epistles very much. I almost, well, I haven't. <laughs> Why? Well, because you read them and it's like, well, okay, right. Just do that. There it is. What is there to say? They're so straightforward and clear. There's no narrative kind of fun stuff to work into. But, but there are these straightforward challenges and and part of it is per matter of perspective because Paul and John and Peter and James they had all the stuff that we have in the Gospels and the experience of the book of Acts and they were living all of that out in real time they had also seen the risen Jesus and they were in full anticipation 
that the risen Jesus was going to appear at some point again. But that in the meantime, he wasn't gone anywhere. He was with them always, just as he had promised. And that through the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit was working out the ministry of Jesus through them. And that there were definitely good days and bad days. There were definitely challenges and hurdles and tests to overcome, trials and tribulations to experience. But the end game was very much clear in their minds. We are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth. The resurrection of the body is a guaranteed reality. And that that is the trajectory of our lives. So if we recognize the cross and resurrection of Jesus as our faith life's beginning, and we look forward to the resurrection of the body as the trajectory for our own selves as well, well then that, what does that say then about our now? <coughs> if Jesus is everything he said he was, and by his resurrection he's affirmed that he speaks the truth, then we have some things that we actually can rely on in terms of his presence and promises. Rejoice always. Well, did Jesus even do that? I mean, throwing the money changers out of the temple, he's got a smile on his face and he's cracking jokes. Well, maybe that's not exactly what Paul means when he says rejoice. Pray without ceasing? Well, maybe I can imagine Jesus doing that. Kind of almost as an inhaling and exhaling. Just as a, a matter of being, to be in, in conversation with the Father. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't like life to be like that. It's just, <laughs> there's just so many things that interrupt it from being like that. Like, like life. <laughs> now, if there wasn't life, then I wouldn't have all of these problems with all this spiritual stuff that I'm being asked to consider. <coughs> Give thanks in all circumstances. Ow! The, the audacity of these global claims towards what life is like and the encouragement of life being this way. The, can't we just kind of get a, 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 a middle somewhere in the, in the middle? But Paul's not satisfied with that. Paul's not satisfied with that not because he wants to set the bar of the law that high. He's just that convinced of what the Holy Spirit is able to accomplish through you. He is just that convinced that the resurrection of Jesus and the presence of Christ in your baptism is that powerful. He's calling you to trust that. <laughs> so, uh, you see how these things are linked together. They, 
the contentment, the rejoicing, the giving thanks, the, the praying is really all about faith. It's really all about trusting that Jesus actually is doing right now with you and me what he claims to have been doing from the beginning. And to believe that that's actually happening. This is as much not a call to <laughs> doing a bunch of stuff that are different Ten Commandments, like, okay, now here's my new set of stuff to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is, in fact, a call to believe that because Jesus is risen from the dead, because his work in his first coming is accomplished, that these are the aftershocks of Pentecost in the church. The aftershocks of Pentecost in the church is that we are rejoicing always because we know joy. And that's not just happy all the time. That means knowing a, a deep joy in anticipation of the new heavens and new earth that are on the way. It's having full confidence that regardless of my circumstances here and now, regardless of what the polls say and what my checkbook says, regardless of any other data out there horizontally in the world, that because of the down payment of the death and resurrection of Jesus and the down payment of the presence of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and the very fact that he's here to feed and guide and keep and lead me in green pastures every single day and that there is a, a, a stream of water to, to refresh me every single day. that the data out there in the world simply is overwhelmed by the good news that Christ is Lord. That that Jesus is Lord. And the cake he's got baking for me is bigger than all the stuff. You can fill in your own word of what the world has to offer. So rejoice, because Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, is the Lord's King on Mount Zion. And so no matter what, if that's the case, if he's actually got my future in his nail-scarred hands, then I can rejoice. And I have every reason. To inhale the spirit and to exhale my prayers and for that to simply be the rhythm of life because, because of the spirit born in me by that very same baptism. And so let the conversation of God just flow. And that when I get in the way of it, <laughs> okay, time, time to repent and remember who I am, whose I am what's actually happening again. That there is 
a God who has a Christ who is on the throne and that that's what matters. And that that's what's running the show. And that's how this begins and it is its middle and it is its end. So not quenching the spirit is all about not forgetting those things. Not smothering that reality. Not creating more worldly realities even in the church but holding to the good holding to the good news and to the good Lord that we have in that way I can receive every experience from my father as something good. Even if the world would judge it otherwise, he is my father. He is my good father who is leading me to his new heavens and new earth on the way that is his son. And so I can have I can have a heaven-born perspective even on the day-to-day activities of my life. I can have that because of my baptism, because I am bound to him, because my reality is with him. My citizenship is in heaven. Everything that is true and real is actually there, the right hand of the throne of God. That's my future, and it directs my now. Now, this present reality of Jesus Christ's perspective that the epistles hold is foreign to the world's way of looking at things. And so it is a good thing, it is a good thing for the people of God to remember where they're headed. So Advent gives us this opportunity. Because all of these things are pulled forward to the new heavens and the new earth because God has promised that in Jesus Christ he is keeping you ready. Keeping you prepared. The word he uses in the text is blameless. Keeping you blameless for the coming of Jesus Christ. blood of your Savior can never be outspent. Not that you should try. (laughs) But it will keep feeding the saplings of tree of life growing up in you. So that the full flower of that orchard of life is planted then in his new creation. So that each stone of the, of the temple of the Holy Spirit has its place in alignment with the cornerstone and the prophets and apostles. So that this people of God can be recognized as the new man that God has raised from the dead. To bear witness to the world about the one who is coming. 
John told us how to do that. I can be of service to you. And I can give you glimpses of of what Jesus is like. You can can share with your neighbor that very word. My love, it's an overflow of of the boundless love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just... just a glimpse. It's it's breadcrumbs to to show the way back home in the midst of a very, very dark forest. John showed us how to bear witness. It's not me. It's him. It's not me. I just work for him. I can share love with you, but, but his His is so, so much bigger, so much more sublime, so much more coverage, so much more than anything I can provide. So I can baptize you in preparation for his work, but he, he can baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I got nothing on that. He can rise from the dead. I got nothing on that. But his generous love means he's passing out those gifts willy-nilly <laughs> to and simply calls to say, what a promise. I'm overwhelmed. Thank you. So, in light of what has been, in light of what is, and in light of what will be, Paul doesn't give us a list of things to tick off to do today. Paul invites us to recognize power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through you because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That in your baptism, all of this truly is available. And the depths of the riches of the mercy of God know absolutely no bounds. Every moment of time, every aspect of every cell of your body, every thought, every desire, to be baptized by the work of that baptism so that you can rejoice, give thanks, and pray. All of this because our Lord plans to arrive. And it is worth preparing for such a guest. When the Lord told Israel that he was going to meet them at Mount Sinai, he invited them to clear the house, clean up, do the laundry, get ready. Our Lord Jesus arrives in the manger, and no one was ready. And now, with a life in the Spirit, he commissions us, deputizes us, to be a part of readying the entire world, or at least our little corner of it, along with the rest of the people of God. To make a people prepared, 
embracing his promises, we can have full confidence and trust that we are whole spirit, soul, and body is blameless in Jesus Christ so that we may arise and be. May the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen. Amen.